Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello! Hello! How was your Easter? Did you get up to much? Well, I didn't even realise it was Easter until Thursday night. I had no idea. I just didn't know it was going to be Easter. Um, so I went to the shop on Friday and bought an egg for myself and some little eggs for Rudy. And we did an Easter egg hunt. And, and how was it? Was it a success? Did he, uh, I mean, I think it could be difficult getting these little kids to engage in certain games but if it involves finding chocolate it's amazing how laser sharp their focus becomes yeah but so he did it but i would say that his facial expression throughout was blank (laughs) (laughs) i expected glee but it was blank and every time he found one he just unwrapped it and shoved it in his mouth and then like went on to like yeah there wasn't any excitement i mean that's so much of what parenting isn't isn't it just sort of recalibrating your expectations you try and make these things magical and they yeah. don't care at all no 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 yeah um so so i mean we we had difficulty finding eggs i'm surprised you were able to get them so easily oh i sent sarah out to to get an easter egg and she growing up we sort of never sort of never did easter because she's jewish she's not religious jewish but you know jewish enough to not really bother about easter eggs and um she came back bearing in mind this is for a four-year-old kid she came back with this very grown-up vegan easter egg and i thought i can't give my child that it's going to traumatize him like he's he's gonna grow up like not liking easter like having he's not gonna know why because he's so young but he's gonna have this real sort of inherent dislike of easter so i managed to sneak back out back out and find a news agent that what on earth are you doing me yes what do you mean i'm I'm hearing loads of rustling and stuff in my headphones Sorry, it's because there's there was a buzzing noise, and I was trying to move things away from the buzzing noise. So I'm so sorry. That's all right. <laughs> this is this is this is the perils of like trying to do this from home with some very shoddy equipment. I'm so sorry. It was so loud. I think I've got tinnitus. Was from it? What happened? <laughs> so, I can't so, remember. So sorry. Remember what I was saying? <laughs> now you went to go. You went to go. Yeah, yeah. So so I, fa- I found wasn't... a slightly damaged Smarties egg, and uh, all was oh. all was well in the world. I managed to okay. give him some, you know, good old cheap. Milk chocolate, and I think uh, I think I've got him hooked on Easter. Good, well done. Thank well you, done. thank you. Um, I just saying before we started recording that it's uh, it's it's a little 
difficult at the moment because generally this podcast is stories from things uh, stories from real life of things that have happened to us and interactions that we've had and I've had so few interactions because of the lockdown I'm struggling mm. for anything to tell you I've been out and done a bit of work at the BBC and and by and large I don't see anybody when I get there I, I guess I'm going through the revolving door I see a security guard they're at a safe distance and then apart mm. from that I don't see another soul unless I'm in the oh, little kitchenette yeah. and then yeah. if I am uh, and somebody else comes in at the same time it's like we're playing tag so it's your turn next sort of thing. yeah yeah no what i mean is you know when you you're playing tag in the playground and you're just like uh keeping your distance from somebody else in oh, case they tag you so yeah. we're sort of like circling each other around the kettle <laughs> so keeping your two meter distance exactly yeah yeah the two meter dance i think they're calling it so <laughs> oh, oh right yeah uh um and then when i'm not at work i've just been i mean i have resorted to just wearing a dressing gown the whole time well i have to say every time that i facetimed you without exception you've been wearing a dressing gown i'm wearing one now i'd be (laughs) i'd be so disappointed if i saw you on facetime and you were dressed so you're wearing one now what time let's should we say what time it is it's uh 20 to 2 there we go yeah and i don't i mean i'm working at the bbc again tonight so i'll be leaving about six i don't envisage taking it off before i leave the house sarah said to me yesterday does it not affect your mental state just being in a dressing gown the whole time yes Yes, i i would like to ask that question does it not only in a good way (laughs) okay I'm getting so much ventilation. I I don't know how I'm going to go back to normal clothes after this. Is it just the extreme comfort? Like you've got nothing around your waist or digging in. There's nothing kind of touching your legs, really. So I I know that people might associate a dressing gown with some kind of mental breakdown. But my point would be when I have had my uh, any number of mental breakdowns in the past, you know, it's part of it's the effort of getting dressed, but part of it is definitely just the the comfort and the coziness of being in a dressing gown. And there's no obligation to be in non cozy clothes at the moment. So why not? Why not the dressing gown? I just want to say as well, just because people say, but you've got to have a bit of structure and routine in your life. Mm-hmm. You've got to make a bit of effort. I do want you to know that I am belting it <laughs> between about ten a.m. and five p.m. Oh, that's your working day. Yeah, and then at five, I just unbelt it and let it all hang out. (laughs) That's how you're distinguishing between day and night. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, good. Do you think maybe I should do a Facebook Live in my dressing gown? What's it, so do you want to describe your dressing gown? Like I've seen it. It's, mm. it's toweling, isn't it? It it's is toweling, sort of which one. I'll be honest, Like the, the weather's been getting a bit warmer and I've been thinking, I wonder if I could order a kimono <gasps> off, yes. uh, off Amazon. Yes, what a good idea. Also, and I think kimonos, ten, you, can, you can get quite nice short kimonos as well, which would be a, a tantalising look for my <laughs> wife to try and keep the spark going in our marriage. Yeah, that'll spice things up. I think you should definitely do yeah. it. Have things been spicy with you and Tom? Absolutely not, no. He's, he's you know, still playing his online poker. Um and that's as far as it goes. It's just, don't ask this for any reason, so don't, I don't want it to panic you at all. Is his mm. name on the mortgage? <laughs> No. Okay, phew. Right, you're there. <laughs> that, is, that is a big relief. All right, Annabelle, how's the trickle of uh, email correspondence looking this week? 
yeah, still trickling in. So keep it trickling. Please. Yeah, please. Uh, you know, do do your do your bit during lockdown. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. First one is from Kim Rainey. Oh, Kim Rainey, who designed the artwork for the podcast. Yes. This may be one of your most extreme stories of drifter behaviour. Long before they were parents, my sister and brother-in-law, Brendan, and fellow drifters, visited me in New Orleans, Louisiana. We decided to do a swamp airboat tour. This involves not only putting on those giant yellow ear protector devices, but also turning over your very life to someone who may or may not know how to drive a boat in a swamp. So we go, it's an open flat boat and we're all squished in together. We get on this crazy thing and we see alligators and give them marshmallows. They really love marshmallows. Whoever figured that out must have been very brave. What what, what did they give them? Marshmallows. Marshmallows, you say? Yeah, yeah. So is that how you always have said that word? Marshmallows. (laughs) Is it marshmallows? I think so, yeah. (laughs) Can I tell you something? She has written marshmallows. And I corrected it because I thought it was wrong and it's marshmallows. Well, now now you've got me unsure. I don't ever recall hearing anybody ever pronounce it marshmallow. Oh, can you check it now? Before, but let's... I feel like re- I'm spoiling the story, but this is going to kill me otherwise. Well, Marsh- it, interestingly, it does appear to be spelt marshmallow, be but I'm pretty sure you pronounce it marshmallow, but, but now I'm, I'm quite confused. Maybe it's marshmallow in America. Hold on, let me do marshmallow. No, it is marshmallow. We should do an ep- we should do an episode of the podcast where we just Google things. <laughs> well, this this is interesting. We should we should throw this out uh, to the drifters. You know, we mm. should do some kind of poll as to how yeah. you pronounce it. Are you um, saying we we can confirm it is spelt marshmallow with an A? But are we saying marshmallow or marshmallow? Exactly. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm quite. Anyway, the interesting thing really here is yeah. that they give alligators marshmallows. Uh That's interesting, isn't it? They love them. Anyway, back to the story. Do apologise for derailing your story there, Mm. Kim. Then the tour guide brings the boat to a stop and reaches into a cooler in the back of the boat and holds up a baby alligator. I'm with you. This is so wrong. (laughs) Then he tells us that this is his pet alligator and his daughters adore it. So he holds it and says, who wants to come and pet the baby alligator? And then there is this incredible length of time where nobody moved. None of us want to touch the alligator and risk losing an arm. But we also don't want to offend this guy. After a very long time, my brother-in-law, Brendan, felt so bad for him that he went up and petted the alligator. I think risking a limb takes being a drifter up to the next level. Let's all cheer for Brendan, a drifter that really took one for the team. Okay, this is from Colin. It's not a drifter story, but it's it's in, in reference to something you said last week about keeping Sarah awake on the sofa. Mm. So Colin says, I know the podcast isn't a competition, but I thoroughly enjoyed hearing Jeff talk about trying to keep Sarah awake on the sofa when they're watching TV and wanted to try and top him. Okay. <laughs> so not only do I also have to watch the signs for Alison falling asleep and keep prodding her, which inevitably doesn't work and I have to switch it off. But then, once she's asleep, I'll decide to do something that Alison has no interest in, like playing on the Xbox or watch a Pearl Jam gig, at which point she immediately becomes awake and says, oh, is this what we're doing tonight? Ah, beat that, Lloyd. (laughs) He does add, better than her having a dangerous online poker addiction, though, I guess. (laughs) Yes, Okay, let's go on to the last one. This is from Mitch. Do you keep your purse where you can see it, Annabelle? (laughs) Stop it now. (laughs) Mitch says, as a parent of two children, 
16 and 12. The only real essential item which we really need right now is Wi-Fi. I try not to leave them to their own or on their own devices too much during the day, but there are times when I find myself thinking, I'll just let them play or watch TikTok for an hour. Please don't ask me what the hell TikTok is, other than an online platform whereby my youngest learns these quite clever dance routines. And then eight hours later, when the wife is due home, as she's an NHS worker, she still goes out. I then run around the house, frantically gathering up the kids to squeeze in some dog walking, play catch in the garden, drawing or anything else which will satisfy her lordship. When she asks the inevitable question on her return. So kids, what have you been up to today? I may add that this is aimed more at my youngest as a 16 year old is not really affected by the lockdown. He's somewhere between stage one to two of ape to man. <laughs> and if I were to say fancy playing catch, the answer would range from don't be an idiot to yeah, good idea. So last week, we both had to venture out to Sainsbury's to get the mum and dad shopping. My wife had two masks and two pairs of gloves. And before anyone else says it, she did not steal those from work, but she's so organised she bought them online. So as I'm guiding the trolley round, trying to maintain social distancing, distancing, a man with scant disregard for others just walked past me whilst brushing my arm with his. I was shocked that he didn't have any awareness of the current rules. Now, I may add that he was huge, along with being a true 100% meat drifter, I am not. I decided that if I encountered him again in another aisle, I would give him a real dose of passive aggressiveness. Sure enough, who nearly walked straight into me in the next aisle? Yes, Hulk Hogan himself. So whilst he looked at me with what I can only describe as mild apology, I gave it to him big time. I called him a very bad word, didn't think twice, straight to his face, just blurted it out, but without the noise and the mask obviously covering my mouth. (laughs) Followed up by the well-known face John Lennon used to pull. How satisfying was this? No one could tell what I was doing. And it was a new form of being passive aggressive. I continued to amuse myself by making silly gestures with my mouth for the rest of the shop whenever I encountered people or whilst making eye contact to allow someone through. Oh, the joy of wearing a mask, isn't it? That's lovely. Oh, that's brilliant. That that hadn't occurred to me. Because I, no. I haven't got a mask yet because no. currently the advice in this country is don't wear a mask. But then sort of, pretty much every comparable country apart from Sweden who are doing their own things are now wearing masks. So I do think that's going to change in the Mm. next few days. But I mean, I don't want to order one and then, you know, deprive somebody working as a key worker of a mask. I don't don't know what the etiquette is at all with masks. And I don't really, you know, have the skill set to make a very good one. No, you can make your own though, can't you? But now I know that I've given this idea that you can swear at people like silently and them not know, like right to their face. I mean, I'm going to have to like make my own, definitely. Would a balaclava do the job? A balaclava. Yeah, why aren't more people wearing balaclavas? That's a great it's idea. a good question, well, they, isn't they it? Do, yeah. they, they do have mouth holes though, don't they? Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's why. What about, what about a gimp mask with a little zip for a mouth? First of all, have you already got one? <laughs> and secondly, I think it will scare people. I think okay. it's a terrible idea. Okay. Annabelle, shall we have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult? The lockdown weeks, months, years. So I've not baked banana bread yet, but I've got some very big news. This morning, I did Joe Wick's online PE class. Ah, this is quite the phenomena. 
phenomenon, isn't it? Phenomenon. Yeah, I'm. I'm guessing you've not done it yet. I'm just. It's just a little guess. Have you done it? No. No, I I haven't done it. No, you guessed correctly. But you're no stranger to this kind of thing. Yeah, I used to do um, online ballet classes, didn't I? I've not done that for a while. You used to do something called sleek technique as well. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. I loved it. So I did this live one this morning, and as it started, as I started doing it, a very weird thing happened. Because I started thinking about the more than million people doing it together all at the same time. And then he's talking about where in the world everyone is. And it's people from this country, but also like Jamaica and Brazil and India and all over. And suddenly it's all too much for me and I start crying. It's something about all these people across the globe doing something together, like all at the same time, even if that something is burpees and lunges. (laughs) I saw a tweet recently. I can't remember who said it and I couldn't find it and tried to find it earlier. But it said something along the lines of, I had this idea that we could all get everyone to watch a film at the same time. So we're all watching it together. And then I remembered television. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. It's really good. And I had an idea too recently that maybe the government could give parents of toddlers some kind of perfectly safe, legal and not in any way detrimental sedative just for a few hours a day. And then I remembered they had television. <laughs> it's a good job televisions don't get hot like they used to. <laughs> mine would be on fire. <laughs> there is one thing, though, that I have mastered, which is sleep. How are you sleeping at the moment? Very, very well, you know. Oh, you are good. Oh, you're not. No, 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 no I am okay. sleeping very well. Are you? Are? Yeah, I yeah. think a lot of people are really struggling with sleep. Well, I'm I'm one of life's great sleepers. I also, oh, okay. I don't know if I said this to you or somebody else, but as somebody who is one of the most anxious people you've ever met, and I'm always sort of panicking about doom and ruin and destitution and all this, I've been so calm and I've not been having my nightmares. Usually about 75% of my dreams are nightmares and I often wake up screaming and I've been sleeping like a baby. I tell you why that is. It's because your worst fears have come true. And right. Like, well, it's happened now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are struggling with see- sleeping, and also I think I've said before that the way I get to sleep at night, and if I wake up in the night, is that I have these daydreams that I run through my head. I, I, I've, I've told you this before, haven't I? About you your daydreams. It's usually yeah, you but- daydreaming that you're on top of the pops. Yeah, that kind of thing. But I have these ones now, these very elaborate ones. Maybe I haven't mentioned it, where I, I sort of tell these stories in my head and then I'm, before I know it, I've drifted off. Because I think what it does is it stops my brain from thinking. It, it kind of switches it off and it focuses on one thing and then before I know it, I'm asleep. It's the equivalent of an audio book, I suppose. Mm. And I've got a special lockdown one that I'm going to share with you now because maybe it will help. Okay. Okay, so you ready? It's night time and I'm in bed. This bit doesn't take a lot of imagination, so it's a good place to start. So I'm in bed and there's a gentle knock at the window and I peer behind the blind and it's a man and a woman in suits and they look like Matthew McFadden and Hermione Norris and they show me ID that says they're MI5 and they ask me to come to a car waiting on the street. So I I get dressed and I go out to the car and before I get in, they spray me with a special fumigation spray that I've never seen before. And then I get in the back seat, which has a clear plastic partition in the middle. And on the other side of the screen is Boris Johnson in perfect health. Now, this bit has been adapted as the weeks have gone on. Right, right. So I say to him, but Boris, I thought you were at Checkers. And he replies, yes, there's been a little manipulation of the truth, I'm afraid, for reasons I'll come to. I'm going to ask you now, Annabelle, to make a sacrifice for your country, but a sacrifice that will save millions of lives. First of all, I need you to sign the Official Secrets Act. Look inside the front pocket of the seat. 
So I pull out a document <laughs> and I sign it without reading. As that's what I do with all documents. <laughs> and then he continues. We've discovered that there already is a coronavirus vaccine and cure, but it is being held back for reasons that we're currently unsure of. It's in, and then the country varies here. Sometimes it's Russia, China, Uganda, Bulgaria. It can be anywhere you fancy. He goes on. It's in an extremely secure facility. You're probably wondering why we're telling you this. Well, our top spooks have discovered that the facility has top-level security, like nothing we've ever seen before. Only one specially assigned person can enter, and the door recognises their height, shape and weight, and only then admits them. So to break in, we need someone with their exact measurements. <laughs> he gives me a long, serious stare now. Then he says, we've scanned using a special giant laser, everyone in the country. And you are one <laughs> of only 58 with these exact measurements. You may remember also you did a fun online quiz recently. That was actually planted by us to check you had the mental skills for the job. You passed along with eight others, but you are the only one of this eight that already has had the coronavirus. So we need you for the job. Now, I've not yet got past this bit without falling asleep. So I don't know what happens next. Wow. But listen, give it a go. I may have cured the national insomnia. And I may also have reached peak weirdness in this section of the podcast. I'm sorry <laughs> <about> that. <laughs> hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I had a thing last night where I was working at the BBC and um, I had a guest on, but they're not there in the studio, obviously, with you because everybody's socially distanced. Mm. And it was a comedian called Callie Beaton who had, was just getting over COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is not in the at-risk age group. She doesn't have any underlying conditions. She's very fit. She's a marathon runner. And then she got it quite badly. She got a secondary infection. She had pneumonia. She was almost hospitalized. And then as she was telling me this, I could feel myself thinking, hmm, is this a temp? Am I I getting a fever? And and by the time she ended, ended the story... I was convinced I had coronavirus and there was still more more than an hour of the program to go and I was getting hotter or hotter and I was thinking this is it this is it I can feel my breathing is a bit strange you know she's a marathon runner I'm an unfit man yes I'm not in an at risk age group but I'm I'm very unfit I've got high high blood pressure I'm going to be hospitalized it's going to go badly for me and my brain is just spinning and spinning and my temperature is getting higher and higher I then leave the studio at the at the end of the show and think, okay, I've just got to get home. I've got to take my temperature. I've got to take it from there. And actually a weird thing happens, which is over the course of the next few minutes, my temperature sort of normalises. Right. And I realise it was a combination of 
just listening to somebody else's story and being so narcissistic that I then like get this sort of hypochondria. And there was no air conditioning in the studio and it was just hot because there's loads of equipment in there. I have to say, as you was talking about her and how fit she was and how she got really ill, I started getting short of breath. I started feeling like, like yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's, it's just the anxiety of it. Well, let me tell you what she said was that she started feeling better after four or five days and then she started behaving as normal. I mean, not running marathons, but she went for a couple of long isolated walks and stuff. And um, she thinks you've got to do the full rest to make sure you don't get a secondary infection. But no, I think, you know, so far so good with me. I've either had it and had no symptoms or haven't caught it yet. And, you know, it's it's coming for me. Who knows? Um, Mm. Did you do the did you do the, the, the clap last week? Yes, I do. I love the clap. Oh, it's so great, isn't it? I love it. I love it. I love everyone going out in the street, seeing all your neighbours. We take Rudy out in his sleeping bag because it's his bedtime. Oh, we do. (laughs) I love it. It's usually just after Jean's bedtime. Um, So we we do it. And then I got told off by my wife this week. (laughs) What did you do wrong? Well, we came out. And our next door neighbours are also out. We live in a terraced house, so they're, you know, they're probably a couple of metres away from us, just. Um, But everybody's out applauding. And then I remember that I've had a a notification about a parcel, but it hasn't arrived. So while the clapping's going on, I say to our neighbour, hey, Fidelma, let let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Have you you had a parcel delivered? Uh, Jeff, Jeff. Yeah terrible this is like talking during the two minute silence but it's so loud nobody like across the street who's clapping because this is this was sarah's point she said you shouldn't be asking about a a misdelivered parcel during the nhs clapping you're supposed to be thinking about you know your nhs heroes i was i was clapping i can talk and clap at the same time (laughs) sort of exhibit that level of coordination So did she really tell you off then? She glared at me at first and then right. but I didn't I didn't sort of pick up on the social signal. And then she mm. said, You're supposed to be clapping, you're not supposed to be talking. Mm-hmm. And she thinks I also put our neighbour in an awkward position because I was talking to her and out of politeness she was answering me. Right. I don't but know. did she have your parcel? <laughs> no, she didn't. She didn't. Oh, I annoying. mean that, that remains annoying. that remains a mystery. Mm. Um What else? I I was gonna recommend a TV show. I know people you know, you know, if if they're able to find the time to watch telly, then people are sort of very thirsty for recommendations. I watched something that I thought was really good, but yeah, yeah, uh, it, it's I would say it's only for broad-minded adults. Oh, good, that's me then. What is it? Do you know what I mean about broad-minded adults, Annabelle? Because I think it's very much not you. Oh really? What do you mean? Well, this. Th- oh, you mean it's dirty? Yes. Yeah. This, oh, it's not. It's not for me then. I, I, it's not. I'm not like recommending erotica to people. <laughs> I was going to say this is wildly inappropriate. Yeah. Um, but but there's it's 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 called Mrs. Fletcher. Have you heard about it? No, never heard I'd of it. Where can one find it? I think it was probably on HBO in the states, which means it'd be on Sky over here, so you can get it on Now okay. TV or Sky Q if you've got any of that stuff. Um, and I think her name is Catherine Hahn, the lead in it. She's a very funny comic actor. You will have seen her in stuff, um, loads of films and things. And she is it, basically, it starts with, you're doing that thing again. I don't know if people are hearing it on the podcast, but I'm hearing all rustles in my headphones. I wasn't even moving. I didn't even move. You'd be rubbish at musical statues. <laughs> when all this is over, I want a game of musical statues with you because I know that I'll win. Maybe I've got the shakes. You think I've got the shakes? <laughs> 
sorry, carry on. Anyway, it's, it's the first episode is her, you see her teenage son going away to college and it's what her life looks like as a as an empty nester in her 40s. Um, okay. And she starts exploring whole other sides of herself. And in parallel, you also Ooh. see her son at college. And it's just, it's really smart and it's not like anything I've seen before. But it is, you know, it's, it's a little saucy. There's okay. adult content. It gets a bit blue in places. Okay. okay. So uh, that sounds, sounds good, I think. That's my recommendation. Um, I'm not going to ask you because after the whole succession debacle, I, hmm. I, I understand that it's currently taking you months to watch one TV programme. So I'm guessing there's been nothing yes. new for you this week. I started Tiger King. <gasps> Where are you up to? Episode four. Oh, so you're really ploughing through it then. <laughs> No, by your standards. <laughs> it's because we're sort of, okay, uh, we've been watching a little bit more television together in the evenings, a little bit. Okay. Now we're both better, etc. And um, obviously you'd recommend it. Obviously, yeah, obviously. I mean, you know, we're not the first people to talk about this show. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's no big news, we're is it? Possibly I'm, I'm the be- last. I'm way behind literally everybody else, but yeah. I was so disappointed on Sunday. Somebody said, oh, there's going to be a surprise new episode tonight so we oh. I said to Sarah there's a new episode there's a new episode so we sat down to watch it and it wasn't a proper episode it was a sort of American TV host called Joel McHale who you know is pretty good and whatever but doing one of these kind of wrap-up shows like the extra fact factor or uh, Thronecast or whatever and it was uh, so I hate those <laughs> no no not Thronecast is amazing but I just, I just all, all the series of Thronecast are just the ones that I hosted no your your ones are amazing the rest I could take or leave <laughs> I left, I left, I right, take. Good. <laughs> Problematic is where I am. Where are you, Annabelle? I'm in suggestions. Oh, it doesn't quite work. <laughs> this has been suggested by Rivka. Problematic and suggestions from Snaresbrook. Oh, I think that's not bad at all, actually. Yeah, so it's, it's our only suggestion. I'm happy to go with it. It's Quandary Corner uh, in the Glap Clinic at Problematic with... Suggestions from Snaresbrook. There, yeah, we, there we go, work. there we okay. go. Okay. I'm happy. Um, so who's the first one from? It's from Wise Count Joey Maine. I've recently been made aware of an old British tradition wherein people wave at trains... This has filled me with a new kind of dread. I live in a semi-rural area and often I'm out walking in the woods or the countryside. The railway goes right through the area that I walk in and I very often see local trains of people coming and going from my small town. Am I supposed to start waving at trains? Will I offend the driver, the train driver, if I don't wave? Will it be one of the train drivers that has already seen me out and wondered why I've only started waving now? (laughs) (laughs) That guy's finally got with the (laughs) programme. Chances are someone on this local train will recognise me and I fear they'll wonder, why is Joey waving at a train from a field? <laughs> oh, dear. OK, so this, is, this so, is interesting. Well, I have to say, mm. I think you only have to wave at trains if you are with a child oh. or if you're very lonely. What about if you... It's a group of adults, let's just say three adults, and you're standing by the railway line... And a train comes past, you're not supposed to hang wave. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Like I have waved at trains before. Yeah. But I've I've tended to um I've t- tended to do it sort of to be funny because you only really wave at trains if you're with a toddler, right? Is this really a mm. thing? You wave at trains. <laughs> well, I think 
think it's hard not to, isn't it? It's it's a fun thing to do. So if I was, <laughs> you know, walking with you by the train tracks at an Intercity yeah. One Two Five or a Pendolino, yeah. I don't know what came past. I'd give it away. I'd give it give it a little wave, but sort of mm. more to be funny to you than yeah. to uh, the, than to you know be greeting the people on the train or in fact the driver. I would say that I'm worried that someone has slightly misled Joey here. Yeah. And it is it is more of a thing for children to do. Yeah. I mean, it sounds very much like, oh, yeah, Joey, it is a fancy dress party. Make sure you come in fancy dress. <laughs> to make him wave at trains all the time. Yeah. And I think if you're, I think also if you're an adult on your own, even when I was stretching it a little bit, I think maybe you don't wave if you're on your own as an adult. Yeah. Because you'll just make the people on the train sad. Yeah, I've um, my son is very into trains and we've mm. got a train line right by us. So and once a day we'll go down to wave at the trains. But because it's a tube train and no one's really using them, there's only ever one person maximum on them. And it's quite a sad experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Isn't it great when the driver waves back, though? Oh, it's the best thing. And <laughs> is that so great? It's the best feeling. And it's amazing if they do a toot toot. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, when yeah, they do the toot toot. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it just, once again, my son, who I'm expecting to feel glee, has a totally blank face. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm overcome. I'm like, you did a toot toot. <laughs> but yeah, I think the rule is, unless you're with a child, you don't, you don't have to do it, do you? All it's right. Not, it's not an obligation. I don't, yeah. I don't think so. I think somebody's okay. possibly having you on there, Joey. Possibly, yeah. Okay, so let's go on to Roz. She says, when can you safely delete a tweet? I assume that once at least one person has liked a tweet, you can't delete it unless it causes offence. But if your tweet is a bit crap and you're embarrassed by it, can you just quietly delete it? Is there a rule here? You're you're more better on Twitter than yeah. I am. What do you I mean, think? the amount of times I will write a tweet, post it, and then notice a typo in it, and then oh. delete it straight away. Um, mm. But then she is quite right that if if somebody has liked it or retweeted, then I think, oh no, I can't delete it. And the more retweets or likes it gets, I think I'd just be losing all those likes and retweets if I deleted <laughs> it now. I did one last week, and there was a, a typo in it, and it drove me insane. I mean, you, oh. you got the sense of it, but. Yeah, it's it's a very difficult situation. You'd rather have those likes than be seen to be bad at grammar. Well, it's it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, you get mm. the dopamine hits from the likes. Let me tell you, yeah. I've been, you know, doing very well with the old likes during lockdown, far better than in normal times. I feel oh, that great. I'm, you know, really, it's me that's keeping this country going <laughs> on Twitter. No, it's my insomnia cure. Well, that, that as well, yeah. Um so, yeah, I think I think that's the thing, but it is incredibly frustrating. Why Twitter don't introduce an edit button? I have that no idea. Th- there must be a reason why they're not doing it. Well, I have thought this through a little bit, and you could write a tweet which was saying, let's all applaud uh, our NHS heroes and get yeah, 80,000 yeah. likes. And then you yeah, could edit yeah. it to, let's all applaud the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> That is exactly why they do it. Yeah, especially with Twitter. Although you're probably more likely to get the likes, right? And applaud the Ku Klux Klan Uh, on Twitter. So, yeah, I I think, um, yeah, I I will every now and again delete tweets. Another thing that you should be conscious about, I think, somebody once said to me, you don't want your number of tweets that you've written to exceed the number of followers uh, uh, that you have. 
Oh, that's interesting. Although I think I think maybe they've taken away the number of tweets you've written now. I don't know if that's up there anymore. But I used to be very sort of self-conscious about. Oh no, there we go. So I have forty-one thousand followers, uh, yeah. but I've only written thirty-four point two thousand tweets. And does that include replies, though? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. But, but you, you know, you don't ever want the the numbers. You know, the the first number to go over the second number. Is that the same as blood what, pressure? Or is it the other that? way around? Why? I don't know. Somebody once said it to me, and I've sort of became <laughs> fixated on it. So I do think every now and again, I wonder if I should go back and delete a few thousand tweets just just to get that ratio a bit nicer. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think the rule is once one person has liked it, it has to say unless it's you, you realise it. You've accidentally offended someone. I think it just has to stay there. No, I, I don't think that's the rule. I think the rule is you can just delete it. I mean, Why you can, you can, you can um, these days thread tweets. So you can do a reply to it yourself, which will always come up if somebody looks at it. And if you've made a typo or you think it's stupid, you can do a director's mm. commentary on your own tweets, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I think just do what you want. There's no rules. That's my that's my opinion. That's my suggestion from Snaresbrook. There we go. Uh, if you would like a suggestion from snaresbrook on some kind of uh social quandary online quandary perhaps in these days of lockdown that you're having you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com And that was our podcast. Uh, thank you for listening to it this week. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Uh, once again, a tip of the hat to Kim Rainey. So great to hear from Kim. And she recommended some music to us as well. Yes, she has. Yeah, I have to look that up. Uh, so maybe we'll give that a shout out, shout out, as they say on next week's episode. Uh, do get in touch with us. Send us your story. Ask us a question uh, for, for Quandary Corner. Suggestions from Snaresbrook. It's hello at Adrift podcast.com and um this week i think you you're right annabelle but still i say marshmallow <laughs> marshmallow marshmallow Mellow. <laughs> <laughs> i really like the fact that you just gave up there otherwise that could have gone on for several minutes if not hours knowing no hours knowing you so that's why i gave up Right, podication time, and this comes from Quartermaster Miranda, a.k.a. Juno's mum. More of that to come. It says, Ahoy hoy, Jeff and Annabelle. Ahoy hoy. I remember in the early days of Adrift, there were a couple of requests, not for podications, but bloodications. My memory is a bit hazy, but I think it was something along the lines of one friend donating blood on behalf of another friend who couldn't for some reason. Hopefully this rings some bells with the drifters and apologies for not being able to offer any more detail. I do remember this because I remember sort of getting stick about my own needle phobia from people as well. I do feel guilty about it. Um, like any good drifter, I have per perpetual feelings of guilt and inadequacy at the best of times, but no more so than when the topic of 
of donating blood is discussed. It is a truly noble and worthy thing to do. And although I could, nay, should donate, I hate needles so much that I've never been able to muster up the courage to go ahead with it. However, recently I have been in a fortunate position to donate a different bodily fluid in order to save lives. I am, of course, talking about breast milk. Yes, my local hospital has a milk bank where new mums can donate any spare milk to the neonatal intensive care unit. As both you and Annabelle are parents yourselves, I know you can appreciate that every mum's breastfeeding journey is different. Not everyone's fortunate enough to be able to produce enough milk to breastfeed their own, let alone anyone else's baby. I, on the other hand, was lucky enough to be able to donate just shy of five litres in eight weeks. Boom! Wow, amazing. great. Uh, This milk goes to the very poorliest of poorly babies or to babies whose mummies are too poorly to give their own milk. Like donating blood, this genuinely saves lives. So if, like me, there are any drifters who feel they are able to spare some liquid gold, just Google milk donation near me to find your local bank. I'm not going to lie, it's bloody hard work and it takes time and dedication. The washing, sterilising, pumping in the middle of the night every night, not to mention the constant threat of mastitis. Um, But that lovely warm feeling of doing something good for the most vulnerable is pretty amazing it might not seem like much but this is genuinely one of my proudest achievements i get that that's That's a wonderful thing um i feel so passionately about this topic as i didn't know milk banks was a thing until i became pregnant so now feel the need to raise awareness which i'm hoping this email will do i'm sorry if it comes across as preachy not at all this i I didn't know about this it's i had no idea yeah so can you please podicate i got a wet nurse <laughs> does people not get wet nurses anymore uh so can you please podicate milky kate breasticate booby kate uh this episode to the person who made it all possible my daughter juno she's now 10 months old and has been listening to adrift her whole life including in utero poor soul um oh as an aside my husband neil sent in a podication for me whilst i was heavily pregnant in fact that podication would have happened on juno's actual birthday but alas it was the time the podcast was late due to i think jeff being on holiday and leaving a very necessary cable at home uh no biggie though funnily enough i was a bit preoccupied Um, Although Juno was born at 38 weeks and therefore wasn't premature, she weighed in at a minuscule four pounds and 12 ounces. Appreciate this is boring for child-free people out there, but for those technically-minded parents, she came in at 0.4 on the percentile scale when she was born, i.e. in terms of averages, 99.6% of baby girls her age weighed more than her. This was an incredibly difficult time for me and her dad, Neil, and the first six days in hospital with her were a blur of stress lack of sleep needles tests and close monitoring the doctors were worried about her heart lungs and brain those were dark days indeed however this story has a happy ending and i'm delighted to say that not only has she been given the all clear from a medical perspective but she has gained weight and caught up with her peers she's now on the 60th percentile Good going. Amazing. Uh, Super boobs for the win. Huzzah. (laughs) Uh, So, my darling Juno, you are my everything. You have taught me so much in the show. I'm so pathetic. I was going the paragraph before the last one, but I thought people are just sick of hearing me sobbing, so I'm going to cover it up. And then I got onto this last one and it's too much for me again. Uh, You've taught me so much in the short time you've been in this world. And because of you, I have more patience and inner strength than I ever thought possible. You constantly challenge me to be a better person and parent. And even though you can sometimes be hideous, 
You still bring me laughter and joy with your antics. You make my house feel like a home and have brought my family together. Best of all, your very existence has helped save lives of babies less fortunate and your dad and I can't imagine life without you. All my unconditional love, now and always, Quartermaster Miranda, a.k.a. Juno's mum. Well, that was that was great. What a thing to find out about. Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, yeah, milk banks. So hopefully... We ha- will have drifters going, going and strapping themselves up to milking machines yeah. and lactating whilst listening to the podcast and, and helping these vulnerable babies and, and mummies. Um, Miranda, thanks for writing that in. I'm so th- pleased and, and thrilled, really, that things are going so well for you and Neil and Juno. Um, lovely to hear from you. And if you'd like a podication, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Right, let me just press stop. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 